Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm Chris Riley to Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. This is segment four with Tom Chorsky. Let's talk about 1994 when you guys are taking the Rangers to the brink of possible elimination. And, and it's 54 years since they've won the Stanley Cup. You take them to overtime in that game seven and you lose. How do you guys rebound to come back the next year? That's a big, big hill to climb. Yeah, you know, I think there was a little sense that we had accomplished quite a lot, maybe. Um, we had, while we lost, and it was disappointing, especially because we had him down, kind of had him where we wanted him. Um, and then, you know, Messier calls the, calls the win and, and backs it up with a hat trick. Um, and then they go on to catch up to us. But I still think just as disappointed as we were because we were so close to going to the finals, there was a little sense of, hey, we, we did something good here. And almost the sense that we didn't want to ruin it by being disappointed in ourselves and thinking that we failed. So, um, and we were just, it was a, it was a tight knit group as, as we went on to, to prove that something, there was just something there that we still felt like, Hey, we're close and let's not, let's not blow this up by being, um, you know, thinking that we're losers or thinking that we're a failure. Um, let's, let's regroup and let's try to get this done next year. So that next year you come back short, it's a strike shortened season or a lockout, depending on what side Correct. of management you sat, uh, sat on. I always say that to everybody. I think it was called a lockout though. It was so. called a lockout. Yes. But there was some in the management side who said it was a strike. Um, how did you guys come into that? You, you really didn't have a great season. You finished sixth overall in the East and you had to play most of the stuff as the visiting person. What, what motivated you in that playoffs to come out and just take it to everybody? I mean, it really, there was a mission there. It looked like. Yeah. You know, sometimes you go on the road and um, you just, you, there's less distractions. And I think that suited our group really well. Uh, the, just the makeup of our team, the players we had, um, and then, and then thinking, I think of the year before, um, we had, we had gone almost the distance the year before we kind of knew the formula. We kind of knew that you, you, if you can get into that groove, if we can get to our game, as they say, which is sometimes sort of, uh, ambiguous, but if you can get to our, get to our game, um, night in and night out, we knew that, you know, we're, we're, we're probably only going to give up a goal or two. We just got to get <laughs> three or four. But and some nights we had to get five or sometimes we did get five, but um, we just knew that we had what it took because of the previous year. And we also knew what the kind of what it feels like to get into that groove. You know, guys, Johnny McLean was great as a leader. Um, he just, I remember he just say, all right, boys, let's get, to, let's business-like, let's be business-like. Let's, you know, let's get to our game and, and, and we'll be fine. And we'd, we'd get into the game and we'd start into our groove and we'd, you know, kill our penalties and we wouldn't give up many shots or many good looks for the opponents. And, um, you know, the, back then we had the trap and everyone talked about the trap and, and what a bunch of, you know, what a bogus style it was, but really all we were doing was creating turnovers 
in the you know neutral zone above the tops of the circles uh, and counteract attacking instead of dumping and then over pursuing or getting into scrums Dumping in the corner. Chase, yeah. What we would do is because because of the red line, right? The opponent had to get to the red line back then. That was the rule. We just were going to deny them the red line, which means they were going to have to move it. It was either going to be icing or they were going to have to try to make a pass. And they would try to make a pass because they didn't want it icing. Um, and and we knew by the way we were wedging them, I guess, is they were going to make a pass and there was only they could only go from one side of the rink to the other. And, and we would pick off those passes or we'd jump the player that was going to catch the pass. And then we'd turn it over and counterattack. I remember Jacques Lemaire saying, you know, do you want to, if you can't win a race to the corner, win, get to that loose puck, you know, don't because otherwise we're going to be fighting for the puck below the goal line. You still got to get it back to the slot. You still got to get it above the goal line to get it in the back of the net. Why not create the turnover when we're already in front of the net and then you just have to counterattack and you can go on the go on the offensive and and score that way i was like that's brilliant makes sense to me uh you know if i don't have to forecheck every single time like if i don't have to because other teams would say you know f1 first guy no matter what you know yeah they're gonna have the puck they're gonna win a race the puck we need someone to get in there and get on them and get a body on them and blah 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 it's just like it's a lot of work um and I'm, it's it works it's 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 worked for you know decades but um this this at times was less work for with 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 more results. You think guys weren't as injured because of the system? Do you think the bodies were not as beaten? You weren't as tired. You weren't as worn down. Yeah, maybe and maybe not just injured, but you know, a little more energy because, yeah, it didn't require like he didn't require you to really go out of your way to finish a check. Yeah, if, if certainly we had to be physical and we were physical um, with guys like Scott Stevens and Randy McKay and Mike Peluso and. Uh, Bobby Oleek uh, and, and, and Ken Danico. And, you know, so we had plenty of meat to, to pound guys around, but um, if it wasn't there or if it was going to take you out of your back check or take you out of the play, it, it wasn't really, um, you know, mandated that you had to finish every check, but um, we, we still found ways to, you know, be physical, but yeah, I think, and, and we played four lines and, and really, the power play guys were the power play guys and the penalty kill guys were the penalty kill guys. And so really utilized almost every single player on the team. Um, and, and so that spread, you know, the workload around too. Do you think it was more of a cerebral or, you know, using your brain more for this? Do you think you had to be more cerebral in the, in the yeah. sense of you had to, you had to think the game more than you had to play the game? I think in the beginning, eventually, it, you know, you, you work on it in practice and after 82 games or, you know, whatnot, it, it starts to become ingrained in you. But um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's some thought that had to go into being in the right place at the right time. Cause if you're off, you know, or, or if you weren't working uh, you know, in tandem or, or as a, as a group, as a unit, um, it didn't, you know, it didn't work very well. So yeah, I would, but we got in sync and, and then it felt natural and it just felt kind of second nature. So when you win in 95, you beat the Detroit Red Wings in four games. And a lot of people didn't give you much stock going into that. Did that kind of motivate you guys to say, Hey, no one's paying attention to us. They don't think we're going to do anything. Let's take it to them. Let's prove everybody wrong. Um, I don't know if we had a chip on our shoulder as much as we felt like we were, we were 
better than they were giving us credit. So we didn't really have a chip on our shoulder. I think we felt like, you know, we were going to sneak up on them. Um, we were going to be fine. Let's just see. We'll see how good they are. Um, they, I mean, they were, they were a good they were loaded. Team. Yeah. loaded and, and, you know, maybe that, that played to our, to our advantage as well. I think maybe they felt like they were loaded and they were, um, and that, you know, yeah, we've got this trap and we've got, um, a couple things going on, but I think they thought that it was going to be easier than it was. And we got some good bounces. Um, you know, we kind of steal game one, uh, which probably caught them off guard game two, uh, was the game that, um, the winning goal was a coffee got hit with a shot and stayed down the ice. Jimmy Dowd's alone in front puck caroms around gets shot in from the point. He's all alone because Paul coffee had hurt his ankle or, or his leg from a, from a slap shot, I think. Um, and, and so all of a sudden late in the game, we get, we get a, it wasn't a fluke goal. It wasn't a lucky goal, but you know, it just, it was a situation that happened yeah, it just happened. and it was in our favor. And all of a sudden we're up two Oh, and I remember we were flying back and I was talking to Marty Brodeur on the plane. And I said, man, I can't believe that we're up 2 0, you know? And he said, yeah, he said, I, we're going to win this thing. He goes, we're going to win. And that's how, I guess that's how astute he was. Even he was in his second year, I think um, he could see, you know, he was already super mature, super smart. Uh, he could see maybe from his vantage point, that um, the way we were playing, the way we were able to shut him down, he's seeing the puck, you know, it's probably like a beach ball coming at him um, and not, you know, not anything too crazy uh, for him to have to deal with. He's like, yeah, we're, we got this. And I was like, we're only, we got two more to go here. But, uh, I, I, I just appreciate your, your confidence. I just remember going home. I'm like, man, Marty said we're going to win. So uh, it, it, it turned out to be true. Special moment for you? Pinnacle of your hockey career? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You you just, you can't, you, you know, you see that commercial, there are no words, I think, is, is the mm -hmm. NHL plays it sometimes. It's, you know, they're interviewing players after they've won it, and they're like, eh, tell us what it feels like. And you're like, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and to me, I remember, you know, just it's so cool that someone hands you this, the Stanley Cup that, in all of my years, I've watched, um, you know, Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky and the, you know, the Oilers and the Islander dynasties and, uh, you know, the Trottiers and all these guys put that thing over their head. Um, and now I'm getting to do it uh, and I'm doing it and it's surreal and you can't understand or believe it. Um, and you're doing it with all these guys that, you know, you've been through. Uh, you know, you know, you've been through hell and back and it's just, it's just a wonderful thing that you can't, you can't create it. Um, no one can make it for you or give it to you. It's something that you accomplish. And, um, and then, you know, the names, you start thinking about Bobby Orr and Gordie Howe and just the legends, Jean Beliveau and, and these guys that are on the cup and now your name's going to be on the cup. It's, it's, it's incomprehensible in, in some levels. So unfortunately, the next fall, you know where I'm going with this, you wind up getting, you know, put on the waiver wire and get picked up by Ottawa. Were you disappointed? Yes, I was. Um, I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, I had met my now wife. Uh, she, she had been through the, the 94 and 95 seasons. Uh, and, 
and to go to Ottawa was, um, was tough. They were the, you know, kind of the last place team. They had the first shot at anyone who's on the waiver wire and they, they jumped at, at picking me up. Um, that said, once, you know, once you get through the disappointment, you have to be a professional and move on and say, you know what, these guys have, they're, they, they've picked me up because I, I did win a Stanley cup. I can help them. They're looking for some leadership. Um, it was a tough transition. And then in the team still wasn't very good. We had Rick bonus as a coach who was just a great guy did not feel good about, um, you know, ending his time in Ottawa, uh, when they let him go. But, um, you know, eventually I was there two seasons, um, and, and part of, uh, sort of a rebranding and rebuilding of that organization. Uh, the second year we opened the Corral center and made the playoffs for the first time. Uh, in its modern day history and went seven games with Buffalo. So, you know, at the end, I had a really good experience in Ottawa, made some great friends, got to play with Daniel Alfredson, uh, who was a, you know, rookie of the year out of nowhere uh, that people didn't see coming. He was rookie of the year on, on the worst team in the league. Um, and then that, uh, I think that second season, no, the first season ended the New Jersey Devils. I was going to go season. there. You scored two goals in that game to basically ruin the Devils' season to yeah. not get into the playoffs. What do you remember about that day going into that game? Was there much of a thing, or were you kind of like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin this. They, they cut me loose. I'm going to ruin this. Do you, did, did, uh, the players kind of harbor that, that kind of like you know mentality? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe not ruin it. I mean, you, you always want to do well against your former team. And you still got friends on the team and you want to, you want to show well. Right. And it was a matinee. It was a Saturday. Yeah, I, afternoon. I remember, I remember. Very and well. <laughs> yeah. And, and they had to win to get into the playoffs and we, all we could do was be the spoiler. That's really all it was. And, and, and I think we all had that mentality. We kind of had this, there's nothing to lose um, mentality. I just think, I, I don't remember thinking well, I'm going to score or anything like that, but we all just were in the right frame of mind in that we had nothing to lose, you know, and we did, we had Yashin, we had Pavel Dimitra who scored a goal, I think, or was, 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 you know, starting to break out um, as, as a, the player he became, you know, unfortunately he passed away in that plane crash, I think, but um, you know, so we had, and we had Bonk and we had Alfredson and we had, we had some good players and, and we got into this game and, and, I think the devils probably thought, you know, it wasn't going to be as hard as it was. And again, some bounces next thing you know, we got a lead. We got a pretty healthy lead. I had a couple of bounces that just went right on my stick and yeah, I scored two goals, but all of a sudden the, you know, the buzzer goes off and I was like, wow, I just scored two goals and we just knocked the devils out of the, you know, the defending Stanley cup, cup champs, champs and now they're not even going to the playoffs. It was, it was a little rewarding to a degree, although I, 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 you know, I, I wished I'd stayed in New Jersey at, at that point, but, um, but again, Ottawa was great, had some great friendships, um, played with Sean Hill there. I remember he was such a great teammate and Teddy Drury. And, and I mentioned Alfredson and Damian Rhodes and we had, we had some good times there. So now let's fast forward to 2002 and you're going to retire from the NHL. When did you know it was time and what did you know? I mean, does it just come to you and say, this is it, can't do it anymore? Or? Well, you get bounced a couple times more. You know, I went to the Islanders for a year. Um, again, Rick Bonus, God, great, just a great 
great guy. Um, he's been in the league. It's probably why he's been in the league for so long. Um, would would like to see him <laughs> win a cup. Um, but you know, then then it was down to Washington, uh, where I had surgery that put me on the shelf. Now I'm kind of starting to lose my confidence. I'm getting a little older, had a major surgery, missed the majority of a season, tried to make a comeback late in the season. George McPhee trade me to Calgary to see if I could make a playoff run there. I uh, didn't get into the playoffs there. Then I ended up signing with Pittsburgh. Didn't play much for uh, the Penguins was a fourth line in and out of the lineup. Um, it just, it just starts, you know, kind of snowballing and some of it's mental, some of it's physical. Uh, and, and I ended up, uh, that year in, in Pittsburgh in 2000, my dad got cancer. And so I already wasn't playing much. I had had a shoulder injury, uh, coaching change. Herb Brooks came in. He said he was, he's like, Hey, I'm going to give you a chance to try and get going here in the second half. And I hurt my shoulder. And then my dad is diagnosed and they gave him three months to live and I decided to take a leave and the, the penguins were great. They supported me, um, kept me on the roster. I remember watching, you know, them in the playoffs, uh, with my dad, but, um, so then he passes away. I, I decided to take one more run at it, but I couldn't get an NHL contract. So I played in the IHL in, uh, Houston Dave Barr was our coach and GM. He was a teammate and line mate of mine. And I sat next to him in New Jersey for, I think he was there for two seasons. Um, had become kind of friends with him. So went down there to see if I could get things going. It, it, it didn't really happen. Enjoyed my season. Um, living in Texas, living in Houston, pretty good winters. Um, and, and just kind of accepted it and, and call it a career. Yeah. Let's talk about Herb for a minute. You know, you had a, you had a, you had him coach you in New Jersey. You had him coach you in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know the ties to the University of Minnesota. Of course, you're a Minnesota guy. What kind of a coach was he like? What, what did he teach you about the game? Um, well, he was hard, and he was hard on different people in different ways. But he was challenging. You know, he was very, very, um, I think, uh, intentional in what he was doing. It was he came to the rink with plans and how to which buttons to push with players you know he skated up to me first practice in new jersey and i was in awe i'm like i can't believe i'm getting to play for her brooks you know this is 93 92 93 i think um and, you know gold medal miracle on ice coach from minnesota he skates up to me and he says he skates up to me he says hey chorsky i've been watching you my whole life and you're gonna have to play a hell of a lot better if you're gonna be in my lineup and I was like, Whoa, that is not what I was expecting. You know, I'm thinking I can skate like the wind. Uh, you know, I'll, I would do anything for this guy. I will do whatever he wants me to do. And he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, you're going to have to play a lot better if you're going to play any, any, any sat me, sat me, he scratched me. It wasn't easy and it was hard. And, you know, again, now I'm back to like, man, all I wanted to do was play for this guy. And I'm sort of disappointing him. I'm disappointing myself. You know, it wasn't easy, but that was his his mythology. And uh, and then in Pittsburgh, it was the other way around. I wasn't playing 
under Kevin Constantine and Herb came in and now this is, you know, this is almost 10 years later, eight years later, having won a cup, I've, I've obviously played, you know, quite a few games and, and now he says, Hey, you can still play and I'm going to give you a chance. And unfortunately it didn't work out because I injured my shoulder and then I left. Yeah. Your dad um, situation, yeah but- so it didn't really work out. Um, but you know, and then to, to go along with that story, as hard as he was on me in New Jersey and, and the stories are true, he'd say, Hey, you know, the legs feed the wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all these things. Um, I, I remember giving my dad's eulogy and I looked out and Herb was in the crowd, which was really meaningful. They had, they had lost in the playoffs, I think a day or two before, and he was already back in Minnesota and he had come to my father's funeral. So pretty cool thing um, for me to remember. And now, sadly, you know, Herb's no longer with us. He died, you know, a, a few years later. But we really, we miss, we miss in Minnesota anyway, he would have been a really interesting hockey guy and hockey mind to, uh, to have around. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm honored that I got to play for him. I'm honored that he challenged me and scratched me and, 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 <laughs> and, and tried his best to get the best out of me. Did you talk to him about 1980 at all? when you were playing for him? No, 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 no. That was such a, that really wasn't, you know, within the NHL ranks, you know, pro players, most of them Canadian um, just kind of were like, yeah, whatever. That's not, we don't care about that. And, and the whole college rah, rah thing didn't translate very well to, to pro players. You know, I remember he'd be like, say, okay, you know, everyone's going North and South. We're going to go East and West. And, and guys were like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Why, (laughs) why are we doing something? You know, there's a reason why everyone's going North and South because it works, you know, or, or guys like, yeah, I just want to stay in my, in my lane and go up and down the wing. Cause that's what I know what to do. Why are you making me, you know, zigzag. And, um, and, and so sometimes his, his, um, philosophies and his, his, uh, tactics weren't always, you know, welcomed, but now, you know, he was ahead of his time. And that's what know, I was going to say. Do you think he was way ahead of his time? He was, he was way ahead of his time. And, and he knew, he knew that changing direction and, and puck possession and speed and conditioning and all these things, like he wanted to play, he wanted to play a fast skilled game in an otherwise slow clutch and grab. And yet, you know, the mentality of everyone else was like, Nope, that's, let's just do it the way, it's always been done and, you know, we're going to fight fire with fire kind of thing. And Herb was trying to be innovative and it just, it, 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 he was ahead of his time. And so it wasn't really accepted by, by most of the players that he had to coach. He also started the program or building the program at St. Cloud state. Do you think he just had a passion for coaching and teaching? Oh yeah. Yep. Didn't care what people were going to think or whatever. He's when he saw an opportunity to step in, and and grow the game he was you know what he was thinking in saying in minnesota was well umd is off and running minnesota gophers obviously he got that one off and running um he saw an opportunity to open up a program and basically create more division one jobs probably for for more minnesota players he was trying to grow the game in minnesota and he, and he did, he literally did. He got that program going and it spurred on, you know, Minnesota state Mankato and it spurred on Bemidji state. Whereas now we have got five, five D one programs in Minnesota. They're damn good hockey programs, typically ranked in the you know top 10, maybe, maybe 
couple of them in the top 20, but um, you know, no one can, no one can make that claim that they've got five division one really good hockey programs in their, in their little state. Well, I'm just going to say Boston has four division one programs all within 20 minutes of each other to play for the B pod yeah. every year. It's unusual. It's very unusual to see that happen in any, yeah. no, that that's true. Um, Boston and they've got more than just those four. Right. So there's, there is, there's, there's more D one programs and they're all very good there. So, but um, you know, Herb, you can attribute the growth of the game to, to Herb Brooks in Minnesota. That was segment four with Tom Chorsky here on Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach and FlexCoach VR. Stay tuned for segment five. Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach and FlexCoach VR. 